This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. How are you? Bokertov, yes, yeah, so much to talk about. So many things going on. Unfortunately, not too many of them very good. Um, but one of the things that I didn't have a chance to mention yesterday was the passing of 100 days mm. since the October the 7th massacre, which was um, on Sunday. That was the 100 days. And um, there was a massive um, demonstration held at what has become known as Kikar HaChatufim, the square of the hostages, of the kidnapped, um, which is a, a square outside uh, the museums on Sterot Shaul Melech in Tel Aviv. Um, and that has become a central location where pictures of all the hostages have been put up and weekly demonstrations are held there on a Saturday evening. And people just come along there to identify with the plight of the hostages. And the few things that are notable about Kikara Khatufim, um, the first of which is that a clock was put up to count the number of days that have passed since those hostages have been kidnapped. And of course, marking 100 days since the um, massacre also marks 100 days that the hostages are still in captivity. And the clock was put up in the square to count the number of days. And one of the things um, that wasn't taken into consideration is that you might need three digits to count mm. the number of days that have passed since since uh, the, the hostages were kidnapped because the clock that was originally there only had two digits on it. And so when it got to 99, it didn't have anywhere to go. Um, the other thing that is noticeable um, that people have come to, to look at at Kikara Khatufim is a section of tunnel that has been constructed in the square as a replica of the tunnels which run under Gaza and which we believe are being used to house our kidnapped hostages. And people are invited to go into the tunnel and to actually experience the claustrophobia that one feels when you walk through that section of tunnel, which has been put up in the square, including the lights and the electricity that runs along the walls. It's really a perfect replica of a section of tunnel. So for those who really want to experience the underground Gaza feel mm. about what our hostages are actually experiencing on a daily basis, that apparently is the place to go um, to experience it. So um, just one or two interesting things that have come out during this period that listeners might be interested to hear about, um, because of course, the, the hostage issue, even though it sometimes feels like it takes a bit of a back seat, but really it's very much at the forefront of everything that we do. And as we discussed yesterday, is definitely um, influencing the way in which the IDF is carrying out its uh, activities um, in this operation. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's just unbelievable. And of course, the terror attack yesterday in Ranana, shocking, absolutely terrible. And uh, of course, I was telling listeners, Ranana, known colloquially as Ranana Fontaine, because of the number of South Africans who are there. Mm. Not only South Africans, but indeed many, many um, English-speaking people from all around the world, from the UK and from Australia and from the United States, and in recent years also many French speakers. Um, and that French community very much impacted by the events of yesterday. And just a quick summary, a rundown of um, the events that took place um, literally on my doorstep at home in Rainana. Um So we understand that the two terrorists were people who came from Hebron. They were legally in Ranana. They had, there was no reason for them not to be here. They were fully legally entitled to be here. And that um, they were apparently employed by a car wash in the city where they were um, assistants in, in drying up the cars that came out of the car wash. Uh, um, and it is understood that at some point during the day yesterday, they um, decided to stab a woman who had come to the car wash, a woman in her 70s who unfortunately later died of her wounds. Uh, Edna Blustein, 79 years old, was stabbed. Uh, there was an attempt to take her car. There were a number of cars that were stolen one after the other. It's not exactly clear why the different cars were stolen, uh, but in the end, um, one of the cars was driven to the other side of the city and um, they somehow drove into a bus stop where people were standing waiting for the bus and many of the people who were standing waiting for the bus were actually high school students who just come out of their high school um, which is nearby that bus stop mm. and the bus stop is located on the main road um, that goes from east to west across Ranana, Rukhova um, and um, 17 people were injured in the process. There was also a report of another man being stabbed. I'm not exactly sure how he fitted into the picture, whether he was somebody at the bus stop or whether he was elsewhere. Um, but there are reports of a, a man in his 60s having been stabbed as well. But the main incident really was when the car mowed into that bus stop, injuring um, 17 people who were standing at the bus stop. Um, including one teenager who is very, very seriously injured with, with head injuries. And of course, we're praying for his safety. He is the son of uh, an American family. Um, his mother is a doctor in the city and very, very well known. And of course, we are feverishly hoping and praying that um, he will be all right in the end after having undergone emergency surgery yesterday um, at the hospital at the Schneider Children's Hospital um, in Petach Tikva. Um, just coming back to the two individuals who were both um, residents of Hebron, there seems to be some um, controversy as to whether they were actually legal in the city or not, because there are some reports that have said that the Shin Bet had actually blacklisted them from entering Israel legally numerous times before. So even though there were some reports to suggest that they were legal, I have also seen suggestions that they were not legally in the city. And the question, of course, remains how one can put the boundaries up. 
and prevent people like yeah. that from entering this. This is going to be my question. Indeed. It must be so unnerving, so unnerving that, and we saw that down in the south where there were so many stories of uh, of uh, Palestinians, people from Gaza who had lived amongst, uh, you know, alongside each other, seemingly in peace, and they they actually had fed information to to the terrorists and now you're seeing you know this this unfortunately there are layers and layers of this message that are being reinforced unfortunately one of the things that israel was very much criticized for for many many years in the period leading up to this war is the issue of roadblocks mm. and mm. military checkpoints and people who came here particularly from human rights organizations around the world always made reference to checkpoints and to roadblocks and to military checks and why is it that certain people are subject to more stringent checks than other people why is it that there is this uh, 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 profiling of individuals who come to those roadblocks and i will tell you that um, in the week leading up to yesterday's terror attack in Ranana, there have been numerous times that I've returned to the city from my work outside of the city. And when I get back in the evening, it might be even seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, I very frequently get stopped at a roadblock. Um, just a few security, lo- relatively low level city security mm-hmm. officials mm-hmm. looking in, wanting to exchange one or two words with me, clearly profiling me. Um, according to the way that I respond to them, waving me right through. So it's not as if though there hasn't been security set up around the city, um, because I can speak from my own personal experience that I've been stopped many, many times on my way into the city. And yet, how does one actually pick up on those individuals who come to do damage while allowing those who have not come to do damage freedom of passage in the way that we really would like to allow people to have. We don't want to have these roadblocks. This criticism that comes against Israel about the checkpoints and the roadblocks and the profiling and all the the, the, the terminology, that's emotive terminology that gets used uh, as a criticism against Israel is now coming to the fore and the value of it gets shown when you see that in spite of those attempts to create security around a city like Ranana, there's no proper way of keeping unwanted elements out of the city, even if they've been blacklisted and even if they're on the Shabbat list, which there are some support Mm -hmm. reports to suggest was the case. Um, How does one keep them away? How do you allow, how do people um, get prevented from leaving the Hebron area, driving freely through um, Israel towards Ranana. It's not an insignificant distance. It would have taken them a couple of hours probably to drive from that area um, towards Ranana to get here um, and then to come and commit this act of terror in the city, which apparently was committed as revenge against somebody else known to them, a family member or friend who was killed by IDF operations. Uh, and once again, you know, this is not operations against innocent individuals. As a general rule, the IDF is carrying out operations against known terrorists, people who are known to be a threat to our security. And while they are wearing their jeans and their T-shirt, the uh, human rights organizations will say, you're killing civilians. 
but the moment we we get a little bit more information about them and we see their pictures their martyrdom pictures uh, holding weapons and identifying with terror groups it becomes an entirely different business the problem is that even when those pictures are available and even when we can show unequivocally that through their own um, communications not through things that we've manufactured through their own communications they are open about being aligned with terror organizations and being committed to carrying out acts of terror and committed to to being a threat to the security of Israelis, even in those circumstances, somehow the human rights organizations always manage to somehow fall upon the picture of them with their jeans and their T-shirt and their trainers um, going to the mall uh, and then claiming that they're, they're innocent civilians. So I think we need to just be aware of all of that um, as we go through this, because um, there is no um, real uh, attempt to make a distinction between who's an innocent civilian and who's an armed operative, an armed terrorist. And, and unfortunately, there are so many in the latter category who try to present themselves as innocent civilians um, and to try and do damage to Israel's um, uh, public relations image abroad. Just by the way, one of the characters, uh, the terrorists from yesterday's attack, um, tweeted his father um, during the course of the attack saying, I have managed to carry out my revenge. So there is no shame and no attempt to hide the fact that this is an, a terror attack and that there is no mistaking about that. Mm, mm. Absolutely awful. How, I mean, the, the kids, the youth in Ranana seeing it had happened near the school, as you mentioned, people must be completely traumatized. People are clearly traumatized and very, very shocked. Um, Ranana is considered to be one of those cities that's kind of slightly away from the war zone. And people think that, you know, it's almost like um, a separate part of Israel to some people. You know, there is a lot of um, um, teasing that goes on about whether people need to bring their passports when they come to Ranana um, because it's considered to be um, a slightly away from the main heart of the activity. But let's make no mistake. The people of Ranana have enlisted to this war. Unfortunately, we've lost quite a number of sons of our city who have been soldiers in the IDF, either reserve soldiers or um, conscript soldiers. We've had quite a few funerals in the, the military cemetery already during the course of this war. And the citizens of Ranana have gone out of their way in order to get involved and to help the cause in every possible way. Um, it is a shock that terror has come to the streets of Ranana, definitely. Um, and all of this goes to show that nowhere is off limits. Nowhere is off limits and nowhere is 100% safe while this carries on. And this reinforces even further the need not only to carry on the war in Gaza, to clean up the terror infrastructure, to carry on the activities that are going on in the north, but also to carry on the activities in the Palestinian Authority area and within Judea and Samaria in order to make sure that events like this can't happen to our towns and cities in the future. Absolutely right. And uh, before I let you go, are, is, is there any news about possible deals to release hostages? Well, unfortunately, we've had a very cynical use once again of hostage pictures and videos mm. um, that was released by Hamas yesterday. 
Um, they built it up with pictures of three hostages um, without us knowing exactly what their fate is and then saying, we will advise what happened to these hostages tomorrow. And then when tomorrow came, we will let you know tonight what happened to these hostages. And then finally, this video comes out which shows Noar Gamani, um, who is still in uh, Hamas captivity, talking about the fact that two of the others, two of the guys whose pictures were shown, were actually killed according to what she's saying in this video by IDF fire against Hamas in Gaza. And she's asking the IDF to stop because um, that, because of IDF fire killing our own people and killing our own hostages. Now, how cynical and how true any of this remains to be seen, whether those two guys really have been killed or not, is still unclear, although the, we are very, very concerned about their well-being. We do believe that Noah is alive, although we still can't be sure about that. It's unclear exactly when the video was taken. This is very, very cynical and um, propaganda and psychological warfare, which goes to show just how evil Hamas really is in, in taking this just to the next level each time. There is currently no detail that's been released to the public about possible hostage exchanges. We do know that certain members of the War Cabinet are very, very enthusiastic about even having an extended period of truce in order to allow hostage exchanges to take place, in order to secure the safety of some of those kidnapped hostages. But there is really nothing on the table right now. And Hamas continues to say, until the war is stopped, we can't even talk about hostage exchanges. So. Um, it's it's really unclear where all of that lies, but of course, more than a hundred days in captivity, and um, you know the rest really speaks for itself. It's just the most one of the most evil things that has taken place in in modern in our modern times. Um, evil warfare, psychological warfare at its worst, um, and yet we are trying to do whatever we can um, to be strong. Uh, and to support those hostage families and, of course, to continue our battle against the evil, which is exactly what this is all about. Absolutely right. That's where we leave it. It is 8 o'clock. Anthony Reich, thank you as always. You can catch Anthony Reich every morning for the Israel Report at 7.45. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohn from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Oh,